to It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, and today's episode is a peek into a private office hours session that I recently had with one of the wonderful members of my cat and dog coexistence club, Bridget. This call took place on Zoom, so I really apologize for the fuzzy sound, but the info we talked about was so good that I knew you all would be able to look past it. Bridget has a cat named Walter and a young German shepherd, Bella, who fixates on Walter and isn't able to calm down when she knows that he's around. During this call, we talked about common mistakes that people make when trying to train their animals to look away from stuff and some techniques to work on helping Bella disengage from triggers both in and out of the house. Let's get into it. Talk to me about what's going on in your head between the different types of attention that you're thinking about. Bell likes to observe everything. So we will spend time like at the park, always 10 to 15 minutes of just sitting and watching the world. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't know if that some of her engagement is good or if it's a little too focused. Mm -hmm. But since her body language isn't lunging, isn't going towards it, I just let it happen and I treat her when she looks at me. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on, or I want to work on with her, um, when I sit with her and the cat, I will give, I just give Walter treats. I don't really train him to do anything right now because I'm just trying to get him to be okay being around this monster. Mm-hmm. With her, because she's so hyper-focused on him, I'll try to see, can I get her to shake my hand? Can I get her to touch and look in a different direction? Can I get her to look over here? But that's a lot of me cueing that. Mm-hmm. So... I, I watched one day, what happens if I don't cue her to do anything? Does she ever not stare directly into the cat's face? <laughs> and it's not very frequent. Even with Keith being outside and making all this noise and coming out of the house, she is hyper-focused. So trying to get her to disengage with the cat without me telling her, I feel like it's more powerful than me telling her to disengage. So this is a very common issue where I think the key is thinking about the predatory sequence in dogs and where she is in the first three sections of it. So the the first thing is orient. So she looks towards Walter, right? Or whatever she's looking at. The next step is eyeing. So that's where you get that kind of intense looking. So we can go from eyeing to the early stages of stalking. That's the next part. So that's where you see forward momentum. Even if she's not leaning or like lunging forward, it's that really tense forward body posture. So ideally... When we are trying to change her behavior or emotions around whatever she's looking at, we are only working at the orient stage. So if you're at the eyeing or the early stages of the stalking, she is over threshold. Now, we have the unique issue when we're working in our homes that we don't have unlimited distance to be able to say, great, you're over threshold at the farthest ends of the house, for example. We can't go any further. So sometimes we have to be pretty creative in how we approach our setups. But what I would recommend before we even try to do, let's look at Walter and then look away, is really get her 
not to be as scary at other things. So if we can get her a little bit more muscle memory of staying in that Orient phase with less kind of emotionally charged triggers, then you're going to be much more likely to get a dog who's still able to think when doing setups later on with Walter. And there's a couple of ways to work on this. One is when you're outside and you want to be doing your let's look at stuff in the world. I want to make sure that she is not stuck in those stages and practicing being stuck in those stages. So the first thing we need to teach her is how to respond to cues where you're actively managing her. We need to install a series of behaviors where you can very easily move her when she looks like she's stuck. There are some really easy ones that should be practiced in the house or right outside your house. Number one is treat scatter on the ground. Can you look away from the thing and snuffle stuff off to the side of you? The other one is like a U-turn with a magnet of food in front of her if she needs that. We want to control where she's looking is the main goal of this. And those are two really foundational ones of being able to, if she's stuck, and you'll be able to know if she's stuck if you can count a quick one, two, three, and she's got nothing. And you can test it. You could say any kind of attention noise. I wouldn't use her name. Just seeing if she if she'll give you an ear flick or anything. She's still stuck. We're, we still want to get distance or move her behind a visual barrier or something. But at least we know she's not in full like eye stock mode. She's still able to to look back. And so you want to find not just like staring at the world in general, because she's probably just overwhelmed by all of the stuff that she's able to look at. But what I would suggest is saying, okay, once a day, let's try to find something relatively easy that she can look at. So if she's obsessed with watching dogs, for example, playing, we're not going to go to a field where there's 20 dogs, but we might go on a park bench where it's a little bit quieter, where there might be dogs just walking by on leash across the street. So we're really trying to find that sweet spot where if she is able to stay in that orient zone with minimal intervention, great, hang out there and do like a, a therapy session of look at that, look away. Oh, this is so nice. It's really fun. We're not fighting each other. If you find that she switches over into eyeing or stalking, that's when you would say therapy session is not happening right now. I need to get you out of here because you're just practicing getting stuck. Does that all make sense? That's for outside. That's if you magically find a spot one day, once a day, couple of minutes, and then you're done. Do you want to be practicing on your walks these active strategies when there's nothing happening? You want to just be like, oh, look, we're having a nice time. Can you yeah. eat a scatter? Because I know you were saying sometimes she won't eat outside at all. Is that right? Sometimes. Like yesterday, I took her to a new place because I was just like, let's go someplace new. I took her to a park by my parents' house and mm -hmm. there were squirrels everywhere. And it was like, yeah, we can't, can't be here. 
at that point, it was like nothing I said her. She wouldn't even take a treat, wouldn't even take her high-value chicken, nothing. So I was like, we gotta go. Exactly. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you're helping yourself and you're helping her by saying, I miscalibrated. I thought this might be an enjoyable experience. You're showing me that it's too much for you. Okay, we'll work up to it and we'll try again once we've worked on stuff in a less, oh my god, this is new and there's squirrels and there's lots of new smells and where am I and all of that stuff. Yeah, we do go to a park daily. She is very well behaved. It's a huge park. There's lots of people, soccer games, and but we go there so regularly that she's doing really well there. So I do practice a lot there when we see other animals, and I make sure that we're, our distance is enough where I can scatter or try to distract her. Great. So I would say you're probably still working often in that eyeing, even at that park, rather than the Orient. Because most people aren't able to see the, the switchover fast enough. So now that you know what you're looking for, I want you to focus on that for the next couple of days to say, am I trying to fight her a little bit? Or is she just oh look mom look I saw a thing and so if she is able to not just behave and do the things that you want her to do but to actually look relaxed <laughs> that's exactly what we want I feel like I could definitely start to see that switch over but before talking to you I wouldn't have clicked yet that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> when a dog is, or any animal, is in that eye, you build that tension into the behavior. So even if they are able to reorient to you, it's not a relaxed situation. And so when you try to use that type of setup with Walter, for example, there's going to be that tension. And we want from the beginning it to be as relaxed as possible. Okay. So one other behavior that we're going to start working on with her and him, but her especially because she has no chill, <laughs> is not just she has a place behavior, but I want to work on a true relax on a mat behavior. Like, can she melt? Okay, I'm here for the duration. It's just how I roll. And she's not sleeping, but <laughs> working towards that. And there's a special protocol for that that we'll do. But the goal here is that if she can do the real relaxation in different areas, you could then take that mat out to different places and say, oh, look, this is your relax mat. You might be able to actually relax because we've practiced this so much. With her, our last consideration with the relaxing and any of these things is that if Walter is potentially around, she is not under threshold in your house. <laughs> so we need to find a place where she can actually relax. Walter is now pretty much in the basement all the time. Mm -hmm. and she now knows this. So she stopped going to the door as much. Okay. Because the, there's no cat door. So she knows, like, whatever. And I've built it in the routine that at certain times in the day, and they're always pretty much the same time, I'm going down the basement stairs with Walter, mm -hmm. and she has gotten to the point where she doesn't try to rush in. She just sits and waits more relaxed, knowing he's there, but he's someplace else. Good. So my room is probably her most relaxed. Great. So we will stay there. We'll start there. And what you just described is the most wonderful reason that routine and management for dogs who are truly anxious about the other thing need that. 
because they can expect a situation to unfold in a certain way and they don't have to feel this unknown. They feel a little bit more control over their environment. And that is really great. Like I said, for the animals that are a little scared of the thing, whether it's the cat or anything else, and they just want it to go away, and that's why they're behaving in these kind of crazy nutty ways, having this kind of out of sight, out of mind types of management really tends to help them decompress and relax. And so it's a really good way to see, okay, what can we do to make sure that she is as decompressed and relaxed as possible so we can start building in and building up these new behaviors in a relaxed way. So I'm really happy that she's already getting with the program. You found that the new management is working for you. As long as Walter is happy, then we are good to go to start training some of these foundation behaviors for her. For him, one of the things you could do for enrichment is to also start training him while you're down there. So you could start teaching him to go sit on a mat. I realized for him, well, I bought a treat dispenser that turned out to be wonderful because now he is trying to get the treats. So Mm -hmm. when I'm not there, he has something to do. But I've been trying to get him to fetch where I throw the treats. He also won't run around when I'm playing with him. He wants to stay by me. You got to get some run in you. And I do put a little washcloth and and give him another treat if he touches it. He's definitely a cat that I thought would listen like that. But but if I knew how to train him, I think he could get it. It's a cat. Whoever thought you could train, I I don't know why people don't think that, but nobody does that. So you don't think that cats are really trainable, but I'm noticing that he's actually pretty trainable, even with small things. How to get the treat dispenser out, he learned in like 30 seconds. Yeah. And so what you're going to start to see is that training him as well is going to give him more agency and feeling like he's in control and more relaxed. And so when you do bring them together, it's not just him being the trigger. He's also a part of the training and it works really well. Cool. How are you feeling with this? Good. Definitely good. The management has been a game changer for us, like at least with Bella. I do feel bad often about Walter, but then I go downstairs and I'm like, this basement is bigger than my whole apartment that we lived in. Like, he's okay. He's got lots of windows. He's got lots of places to climb. He's got lots of toys. I just feel bad that he doesn't get to, like, sleep with me and stuff. But I think he's adjusting. He does come up and meow. Bella has stopped reacting to his meow unless I react to it. Mm -hmm. So if I don't react to it, she's cool and she just sleeps and leaves it alone and we don't have an issue. Um, But he hasn't come up to meow. I think it was five days in a row. That has worked great. This I feel really good about. Because I feel like it's stuff I'm starting to, just through watching videos and paying attention, things I'm starting to realize that's what needs to be worked on next. And again, that eyeing and stalking, I didn't know really where I was with that. So that's super helpful. And relax on the mat is also the next thing I've been researching and watching videos on is how the hell do people do this because <laughs> I can't get her to do that. So I have a protocol that is based on... There's a famous vet behaviorist, Karen Overall, who developed this relaxation protocol. That's the way that I would recommend working on this. 
And it's actually like a step by step. It's like day one, have her go to her mat and then count for five seconds. So you don't have to worry. Sometimes. Sometimes that's what I need because we all need that. Videos are like work on the three D's. And I'm like, but how long and how much distance and what does that mean? And what if it doesn't work? What do I do then? You have just outlined the module that I'm working on in the training course that I'm working on. So yeah, I'm glad that you hit on all the things that everyone has these same questions. Because it takes us as trainers years to figure out how to tweak things based on subtle body language indicators. How are you supposed to know when this is all new to you? It's been an amazing journey. We've had dogs, but we have never really trained our dogs before. We've just I mean, have like tricks and all that stuff. But I just, even the other day, my boyfriend's like, her tail is wagging. And I was like, that doesn't mean she's happy. And he was like, come on. And I was like, no, free. And it's like, <laughs> eye opening all of these things that I'm looking at, paying attention to how many times she licks her lips, yeah. how many times she yawns. Never in my life did I realize how intricate all this was. So it's been a pretty amazing couple months of just learning things that I didn't even know. Yeah, body language is probably the best way to start because you realize that there is so much subtlety, but you can triage first working on some of the management techniques in the house. You can switch back and forth between the relaxation for one session and the other management techniques for the other. Okay. Yay, we will hit the ground running. All right, awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this peek behind the curtain of the Cat and Dog Coexistence Club. If you're having trouble with the cat-dog interactions in your home and you feel like this is the kind of support that you've been looking for, come join us. In addition to being a member of an awesomely supportive community, group coaching, and training resources, as a member, you also get one private office hour slot with me per month of membership. You can find out more information at praiseworthypets.com club. That's all for now, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you back here next week for another episode of It's Training Cats and Dogs. Bye.